0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Vietnam Innovators. I'm your host, Hao. Thank you for all your support every week and week out of the show. Without you, this show would not be possible. Uh, Today, we have a guest from the Netherlands, uh, Du Huan. Uh, He is a musician, dancer, artist. Um, I'll let him describe what he does Um, from the Netherlands, although he's born and raised in Hanoi, and he's called the Netherlands his home for the past almost more than 15 years now. Uh, do welcome back to Vietnam. Hi guys. Yeah, Saigon. Yeah. What's um, what well, what's it like? Uh, I mean, you're you live in the Netherlands now. You come yeah. back to Vietnam once a yes, year. Yeah. Um uh, I guess my first question is, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah. And then and then we'll get into it.
1: Yeah. As you said, my name is Du Huang and um, I call myself a movement artist. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, I based in Rotterdam, Netherlands. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I don't it's know okay. what I want to say. Yeah. And uh, now basically I work like uh, as a dancer, choreographer, art director in some some sense, yeah. But mostly in Europe uh, by also teaching around, and yeah, basically everything around dancing, movement. Okay. As I do, yeah.
0: You know, you coming back to Vietnam once a year, you've been home every year uh, since you moved back. Yeah. Um, What's it been like you know, seeing the evolution of culture and um, dance and artistic expression in Vietnam since you left. Cause back in 2007, probably uh, mm-hmm. most of the artistic expression had to do with like paintings and like yeah. music, but yeah. other forms of expression that evolved so much. And it's a reflection of where Vietnamese society is going from an outside, but mm-hmm. insider point of view. <laughs> maybe you can share your feelings about how, how that's evolved over the past 15 years
1: like I left Vietnam in 2007. Mm. It was that time Vietnam started to get very very developed, Mm. you know, so like economically. Mm. Uh, Every time I go back, actually, I get like a little bit of culture shock But how much things change. Also, like especially also in culture as well. Mm. I think, for example, in Vietnam, like music industry has been like growing very, very, like fast and like very diverse now. And in dancing uh, at that time, I was in national ballet Vietnam. I studied in Vietnam as well. My main focus was like classical ballet. So I was really like ballet. classical. Yeah, 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 the classical wow. ballet. It is was the only actually very let's say very good dance education that mm. we could have in Vietnam at that time. Mm. So like like ballet, Vietnamese folk dance and a little bit of contemporary modern contemporary modern dance. Okay. Yeah, but there's still very um Basic, even though at that time it started also in hip-hop culture as well, mm-hmm. it started to get very growing. But now, to come back to Vietnam, every time I have seen this the young generation now they adopt the culture from I think because of internet, you know, mm-hmm. like you can see a lot of things
0: the TikTok generation.: yeah,
1: definitely. The thing is also, in my field, it's a little bit harder because I work more related with more like theater like so it's harder to get this kind of resort or video on the internet mm. so that's why uh in my part i see like contemporary art is a little bit less developed in vietnam mm. especially in dance but like if you see about like urban uh like side of it like hip-hop or the culture like the young generation now they are really really far because i think that's a sense of building up community mm. Uh, as well that in hip-hop and in urban dance, uh, they are actually stronger in this. And in the contemporary scene or in the dance scene, it's still, in Vietnam, it's still related to a lot of theatre in mm-hmm. Vietnam, or a lot of company, a national theatre. Mm-hmm. For example, my, my old company was uh, Vietnam National Opera and Ballet. Okay. So a lot of uh, dance company it's function because of you are belong to the country, the government. Mm-hmm. So you get support, subsidy from this. So it's, it's really separated. So it, like you know in Vietnam we have the, the two words to describe dance, mm-hmm. either nhảy mm-hmm. or mua. Mm-hmm. So in the mua size a little bit still now, I must say a little bit underdeveloped. Mm-hmm. Because when I left and until now I'm still coming back, it's still kind of in a similar state of um, quality and development. Yeah. Mm. It's also dependent on the economy of Vietnam, I think.
0: Right, right.
1: When the country had the money, let's say, because the economy is going well, the people would like also to see more art, more mm-hmm. higher quality art.
0: Well, that's a, it's such a high demand today, but there's like no spaces, no communities for it. And, you know, that, that's why mm-hmm. we have you on the show today.
1: Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, our,
0: our partnership with the Netherlands government, yeah. um, they want to kind of show expressions of, uh, what their values as a society are. Yeah. And w- one of those is artistic expression, yeah. and here in Vietnam, it's mm-hmm. still uh, there's a strong demand for it, mm-hmm. but the places to express it, the, yeah. the communities, it's it's still very grassroots, and it depends on the people. Uh, but sometimes um, it takes a little push from the outside. Yeah. Next question for you yeah. though, is: So you're trained in the more classical sense. Yeah. Uh, you're born and raised in Vietnam. You're Vietnamese. Yeah. You went all the way to the Netherlands. Yeah. I, I assume to kind of. Explore a bit more of the artistic expression. Mm-hmm. What have you learned wow. over there? Like what? Uh, like take us back to 2007. You you went to the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. What was your first year like as a a movement artist from here going to there? Like what were the differences? What were the people you're meeting? What did they think like when they, you said, "Oh, I'm Vietnamese"? What, what, what were their first reactions?
1: Well, that's a very long story. Actually, I didn't uh, arrive in Netherlands first. Okay. My first year, first two year, I was in Switzerland, mm. and then I was in like a junior company. There was a bit you know, between education and professional. So they train young dancer, young artists into how the professional industry works mm. in Europe, basically. Okay. And then I got my first job in Germany. Like, uh, yeah, because the, at that time I learned how to the industry work. Basically, they post the, like audition uh, on the internet, and you apply it. Mm. Uh, and then finally in 2016, I got, uh, the, the contract in, uh, Connie Jansen dance. And uh, then my journey in Netherlands started. but in general, when I got into Netherlands in, uh, they said like, ah, Vietnamese, like, like,
0: was they, it negative?
1: They, not negatively, but I think that there is more interest because in, in, in Holland, basically There's a lot of Asian community as well, Mm. but Vietnamese is not, basically it's Indonesian, like Mm. Suriname is uh, like Curaçao people. What I learned from the Dutch is actually they're very direct and also very open-minded. You know, like, uh, uh, Netherlands is like the first country like open for same-sex marriage. Mm. All the people, they experimenting, like even in, you know, in painting, in art and design, for example, Van Gogh, for example. In an industry, painting, mm-hmm. art, and design thing is very developed. I think because a uh, part of the Dutch culture is they are very direct, very open to experiment new things mm-hmm. and do that. And for me, when I was there, I was like, wow, even in dance, they have now Netherlands Dance Theater is one of the top company in the world mm-hmm. in contemporary dance. And uh, how the dance, uh, I can talk about the dance scene for me because it's more my field. It's like they have. Of, um, it's a small country, but like for dance already they have like four different dance at uh, university which is a very high level. Mm. So from students from all around the world they come and they study. And what I appreciate from all those education is it's different than Vietnam because in Vietnam you have to have the degree, the master degree in order to teach in the university. Mm. And what I like from, from in Netherlands is like it doesn't matter like what kind of degree you have. Mm-hmm. As long as you are like people recognize you in the field, you are good, and they invite you to uh, to the school to mm. teach the students. Because okay. that, I think, that can be a very nice mentality compared with Vietnamese one. It doesn't matter if you have a degree, but then, then as long as you are good, then you can share your knowledge to the student, mm. which make things much more. I think open-minded, and then people can absorb from a good actual good um, artists or teachers to in order to grow.
0: That's a good point. You know, in Vietnam, um, I talked with a lot of friends Mm -hmm. who do graduate school, and they almost say that it's not really that worth it in Vietnam because. It's just to do it so you can do that. Get a degree. Yeah, get a degree so you can suddenly now do that. But in terms of like learning and development or expertise, um, do you need to have a master's degree? Yes, no. I mean, it's not for everyone, right? I think in today's society where so many young people have Mm – the internet and they can learn from somewhere like in the Netherlands uh-huh. like physically they can go there yeah. or they can just learn from here. Um, most of the people
1: in like uh, in like Dutch people they say like we like like efficient. Mm. Like you take time there and then you go like work with less people but more efficient. Yeah. Uh, and have you become fast.
0: more efficient?
1: I am. Like I'm, I mean, <laughs> before England, I I never know how to like make the I don't know calendar, my agenda, everything, and now have everyone if, if, like in Holland. Like you have to make an appointment just to visit a friend, have a coffee together, which is like for me it's really really because yeah. Vietnamese as a, from the Vietnamese Vietnamese culture, you are very spontaneous, no? You You yeah. just go on someone and say, "Hey, let's meet," you know? Exactly. tonight or uh, later tomorrow, but then like it's really. Yes, sometimes it's a bit uh, stiff, but you know, but it's a good structure for the <laughs> yeah for culture itself. Once you are in it, you, you just get used w- to w- it. Which one know. are you more now? Well, trying a little bit of both, you know, because <laughs> as an artist, you cannot just like be so steep around. Yeah, yeah. And like in if I'm in Netherlands, I'm trying to stay with that, mm. like
0: just because. respect the exactly
1: the cultural to call people, normal. meet people. But I'm mean, in Vietnam, you have just to you know, calm people and see mm. how it is. Just keep that spontaneous. I'm the
0: opposite. So I'm Vietnamese American, but (laughs) I was born in the US. Uh Uh, But where I grew up in the industry, I was from everything. Mm -hmm. Like every minute is a dollar. Every minute is so valuable, right? And I remember moving to Vietnam and being like, you know, I'll show up to the meeting five minutes early. Uh And then whoever I was meeting would show up 15 minutes late, like nothing happened. And I I would be like, oh my God, like I get so nervous and be like, but I I mean, I am always on time now. So. But I, I know that I need to adjust to where I am because yeah. at the end of the day, um, most people here are Vietnamese. So you just kind of yeah. have to adapt a little bit. It's
1: also a beauty of it. You know, right. like in Vietnam, so from my point of view from an artist, like sometimes you need to up chaotic sometimes.
0: L- Let's talk about, you know, so my next question is about the blend of the West and the East. Ah, yeah, so right. and you basically are a representation of that. I think, you know, you studied... Yeah at such a um, classic traditional sense in Vietnam, mm-hmm. you are Vietnamese, you're yeah. from Hanoi, mm-hmm. you go all the way to the uh, Europe and you have these different um, experiences and mm-hmm. you've worked there for so long. Yeah. What is your expression today as a movement artist? Um, I, I watched a couple of your videos before um, arriving uh, yeah. to the podcast and yeah. uh, I'm not an expert yeah. in, in, in dance, but I mean, maybe you can describe for our audience here, like. What has your evolution been like as an artist from East going to West and, and now you're back here? And what are yeah. your thoughts when you see artists today in Vietnam?
1: Let's start a little bit when, when mm. I start to arrive in Europe mm. or something. You know, I literally knew almost nothing uh, con- uh, like in contemporary dance or the things that because it was my new territory, you know. So all I wanted to do is like try to be like the same as them and try to learn a technique and because well, I feel insecure at that time about myself as that I didn't know enough as a young boy and I was like 18 years old by that time. What I learned in Vietnam was like folk dance, uh, ballet, so I tried to stick with that uh, classical background of mine and try to learn it and um, yeah, the more I work with more people, more choreographers, you start to absorb. That's a good thing in dance. like. We're a bit like monkey, you know, like mm. uh, we just watch the people there and say copy it because at that time my English was not that good mm. also. Yeah, throughout the years, you study, I study from different, I start get a little bit more like curious about more dance, like, let's say, more different type of techniques. So you search for YouTube videos, study, learning different names of mm-hmm. people and start to try to follow that trend. So, I got a little bit at some point, and then you get stuck a little bit, because mm-hmm. at some point there's no one around you that teach you more things. Luckily for me, I got one of my ex boss he's Scottish, but then he will study also Tai Chi. Mm-hmm. So I learned Tai Chi, something very Eastern from a white guy, like a, a boy. and then like that concept for me was a bit like ah. Oh, why not i'm not learning something from my side of the world like because before i didn't like focus on that i just focus on how to dance like very western style mm. so in the end after two years i learned tai chi with him uh, and i start to realize that i got better in dancing mm. and then turn out i have to rewind myself like okay why do i learn it so fast and, and even my ex boss he was telling me like well you you jump up your level really fast and then i realized like ah oh, maybe because it it fits me like that's the thing that's created from the east with our body and we are asian so we are maybe also different than this and then i started to deeply going back to my childhood i was learning kung fu at first and everything and and started to study more eastern dance or a way of how asian Body would work, mm. and so I found the ways that work for me. I started experimenting with the movement, and basically, what is nice from the West is they are good at like things, and then in the East, we how we work with more spiritual, like also energy. Mm. And so I try to mix those things. Does it make sense? like this yeah, yeah. No, I like, like
0: your last mention about the yeah. spiritual and, and, yeah. and yeah you, uh, you talk West about like India
1: or Chinese or something most of the thing is very spiritual, very religious and uh, yep. how to uh, that's how hmm. yeah we work in in Asia, I think more like philosophy and things yeah, cool. in in the West is more like study like physics science and all that. Do,
0: do you find that? the artists today in Vietnam, and I know you're only here once a year and it's not like you're yeah. meeting people all the time, but yeah. in, in your experience and what you see online are young Vietnamese artists, mm-hmm. um, are they learning from like other cultures as quickly today? Like we just talked about like TikTok. Yeah, and for sure, yeah. Do, you, do you see them absorbing that? Is their style oh. different than your style 15 years ago when you left? Oh, definitely. Like It is, it, it, how, how, is how is it different?
1: Well, I think because now it's much easier. You can just learn things from TikTok or from YouTube Mm -hmm. and everything so Mm -hmm. you can absorb much more than in my time. Mm -hmm. I think I left Vietnam when YouTube didn't exit yet. Mm -hmm. As I said more like in TikTok way, is for dancing for me, I appreciate those things because people start to get interested in movement. They start to want to dance. Mm -hmm. And that is for me is nice because that is also kind of my feel. But in the same time, it's get a little bit of, yeah, commercial dance a little bit. Mm. And people sometimes they forget about, yeah, what more dance can be saying or what kind of, like in contemporary, we work a lot more with the intention, with the idea, with the concept of dancing and how to make it become some sort of a meaning. Uh, like, you
0: mentioned a good point about the commercial side of things like in the <laughs> west you know they have systems they have mm-hmm. institutions yeah. they probably have funding you know yeah. people are willing to pay to go see a dance show yeah. here I, I haven't seen that much I, okay traditional yeah. yes yeah, but it's more for tourism yes. I find
1: mm. are, most of the company in Vietnam they, they work on production for like a month mm. and then they perform in like maybe 3-4 times
0: in Vietnam? In, in Vietnam. Do they go abroad? or not Some, really? yes. Some, like probably.
1: some, but more in folk dance. Mm. In Netherlands, if I have, if we, like my last company, if we have one production, we we made it like in three months. Okay. And then we toured around like four months. Every week, four shows, different cities. Mm-hmm. So that's why people can, like, it's more accessible for, for the audience, for the normal public. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For you, that's why you couldn't see it because like, if you heard about it, it's already gone. There's no more anymore. Mm. So, because I think in Vietnamese uh, company they get mm. subsidized by the country, mm. by the government, and then they just need to do it twice a year.
0: Yeah, it's just enough to like, exactly make to a living, to so.
1: make the everything works. And uh, but it's not much for me. Not much about sharing things. Mm. Yeah, and then, then it's very difficult for someone that's interested in uh, art and dancing, but they don't know yet mm-hmm. where to find. Yeah. You have to dance enough for the like perform enough for the people to hear about it maybe a month later and then they can come to see your show. Mm-hmm. And and so, so, this is a bit pity that um, in Vietnam they function like this. Mm-hmm. And then the commercial side is much easier because everything is more public. And now, with nowadays, with like online marketing, yeah, yeah. it's much easier for a young audience to see this commercial show mm-hmm. to approach it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: we just spoke about how dance is becoming so global. It's so easy to get, learn and to be Mm -hmm. out there now and all that. Um, But let's talk about like integration in that whole journey as Mm -hmm. an artist. You and your team and the people around you have won awards. I don't know any of these, (laughs) but they sound sound nice. Uh, One of them is the Copenhagen International Choreography Competition, uh, for example, and you've been, uh, your career has taken you to the Vietnam National Opera and so many other places. Um, What has your journey been as a Vietnamese being at the global level? Like are people recognizing what uh, Vietnamese or Asian artists can bring?
1: I think first of all, like with respect, you just have to earn it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. you know what i mean because it's not just an easy thing that ah i meet you and you should respect me mm-hmm. i have to show you at least something that you can have. yeah that was cool yeah I won. so it took me a long time mm. to um like get to here for sure but as a vietnamese and asian as an outsider when well, at that time i was very insecure about what i can do it's not even creating yet, which is the dancers, right?
0: What were those insecurities? like? So I ask you these yeah. questions, because yeah, you know we have a lot of young audience on the show that are very ambitious, they, they want yeah. to experience the world and even perhaps some of the people here listening <laughs> in the studio. Well, it's
1: because um, I'm an Asian um, and I work in the European dance field, which is like,
0: as a Vietnamese,
1: yeah. you got very limited knowledge about it. Mm. So I always felt like, okay,
0: am I enough? You have to just bodies. learn everything. When, exactly, when other so you people have to have been doing copy people like how
1: they do things, and mm-hmm. and you try to copy it. Because also, I didn't go to any uh, university mm-hmm. to learn how to dance or to learn how to create things. You know, mm-hmm. everything you just be like curious about. Mm-hmm. Like, so at some point, I felt like you know, it's got itchiness just in the body. That's like, okay, maybe I want to create. Because as a as a creative person, you know, like you f- will eventually find that age to mm-hmm. want to create something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was working with one of my friend, and he actually initiated me to like, too. You see this competition? Let's try to make something. Mm-hmm. And then, so we, I made it very quickly sort of a a duet, which is uh, two people, and then we made it very quickly. We, we put on YouTube and we send it. Mm. So that was my first experience of competition as a creator, as a choreographer. Before I, I already trying something already to make in the very company, small format, just to learn a little bit. And then that was my first time to approach to international competitions uh, mm-hmm. different. Because I think that's important in art, art need to show, need to be judged a little bit, need mm-hmm. to be shared to other people mm-hmm. in order to know that you mm-hmm. are good, to know where you are in that moment. So I, it doesn't matter if I'm Vietnamese or stuff like that, but if the my piece was there mm-hmm. and they like it, they they put it in a, in a good level and then, mm-hmm. yeah. So like that, that, I earn a respect because okay. of that. It doesn't, I, I think they don't really judge you in art like where you're from.
0: Yeah you have some performances. I I viewed a couple before our podcast, but for the audience, if you're not aware of what I'm speaking about, there's some links in the description below. Um, Trial false yeah. memory in the rabbit hole. They've won some recognition, some prizes. Could you take us behind the scenes about how this whole this whole process works? What's it take to win, to put together a production that can win awards, get people to want to go out and buy a ticket, you know, follow uh, you around the world? What's, especially for our young Vietnamese audience who are probably listening and thinking like, how do I do this? Well, I always, some people ask me like, how do I make a good piece like yours? Mm. And
1: my first advice was like, yeah, don't try to force the win in our words. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise you force yourself to creating something good and then it actually feel like there's limitation. Mm-hmm. I think as an artist, to be creative, first thing you just have to stay truthful to yourself, stay authentic is very important, mm-hmm. rather than trying to copy other people like, something trendy
0: did did you feel like at one stage in your career you were trying to do that uh, like early on maybe
1: yeah this the same that on how much um knowledge you have for sure mm. in art we say that everything is a remix mm-hmm. so which means that everything that's a good is, excuse <laughs> yeah so, so it means that everything's already been done mm. even though when you create something you think that's no one have done it, but for sure, I'm, I'm sure there's people already, already experimenting with different things. So it's not about an idea, but it's all about the execution, how you learn from one thing to another thing, and then suddenly you are being creative and you try to find something in between those, mm. those two points in order to make something. Because all, what is in, uh, authentic, what I mean is uh, you have your own experience, you have your own taste, you have your own background and style. Mm-hmm. So only you have the right combination of remix. So that is more uh, for me about being authentic. You just have to learn a lot. As a creative person, sometimes what I see is you just have to experience a lot of different stuff, find a lot of new things. Like getting out of your bubble, your comfort zone, in order to try things. Mm-hmm. Because w- being creative doesn't mean that oh, okay. You, I want to do this, and then idea come directly. Sometimes you know idea come when you take shower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so sometimes idea come you uh, mm-hmm. eating with food or traveling around seeing something you get inspired. Mm-hmm. That's what I I do now. It's just like I travel a lot and to feel exploration and have a notebook and write down. Sometimes maybe like ideas. Mm-hmm. And so come back to how to win a competition and you know, it this. Don't try to win a competition. Mm -hmm. Just try to be there, be honest and be humble and just to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Be like, you can, you accept this. If you show your work, it's very vulnerable. Sometimes it's very sensitive. Mm -hmm. When you put your work in the the field and people wanna judge it, people wanna see it. But also it's the nice way to see if someone see, if you see my work and you Mm -hmm. respected it, it's also a very nice return.
0: It's, you know, you make a good point, and I I, I kind of ask those questions, yeah. too, because in Vietnam these days, a lot of – there's there's a competition for everything. Yes. And right, I, I feel like um, we've lost the plot a little bit about, like, yeah. just learning uh, learning how to learn. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big thing. Yeah. Where today, a lot of young people, it's like, oh, I'm learning just to achieve this. Mm-hmm. But we sometimes forget that we learn so we can become better versions of ourselves, not to just check things off. And, yeah. Um, so I, I asked that just to hear your perspective, but it's, it's great to hear that. Yeah. Um, and you, we, we've spoken a lot about, um, how you've blended like East with West and, and you've yeah. been over in the Netherlands and I want to hear about your thoughts about bringing Europe or wh- wherever else in the world to Vietnam. Um, of course the internet's helping a lot with that right now. Yeah, And you mentioned you had a, um, a coworker who learned Tai Chi, for instance. Yeah. Uh, a, a white guy learning, teaching mm. you how to, uh, yeah. you know, Tai Chi. What do you think artists from Europe, like the ones that could be listening to today's podcast, mm-hmm. you know, the ones that have been working with you for like mm-hmm. the last 10 years, yeah. they ask you all these questions about Vietnam yeah. or what you learned when you were a student. What do you think they can learn? Uh, is it uh, like the whole spirituality thing, for instance? Um, what they can learn from the East. Exactly.
1: Well, nowadays I think you not just looking into dance or in art in general, mm-hmm. a lot of different other field, they're looking for how they used to do things. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, with yoga, it's actually like mm-hmm. it's in, in in math or something. Uh, in Asia, we are just better in philosophy, mm-hmm. in different things, in different field. And they are the one good at like, do I do not say, record everything and put them into one system. Organization. The organizing things and sometimes maybe we would be like too floaty, <laughs> yeah. So I think as artists, we, in cultures, if we talk about cultures, like for even in Vietnam, like music in Vietnam, the traditional music mm-hmm. with percussion, with everything, like amazing. Mm-hmm. Like I talked with some good musician in Vietnam, they said like in Vietnamese music is like the whole different like universe of things.
0: I want to stop you there. You bring a good point because, you know, the international media and pop culture uh-huh. these days, everything from singing to rapping to uh-huh. artists mu- movement, anything yeah. dance, it's all western. You know, if you think of the the f- big scale commercialization. I think they better commercialize. Well, that's them, that's yeah. the thing, right? Yeah. But with money you get to do more things. Yeah, it's also <laughs> and, true. And I think you know the east uh, Asia Because the world is kind of run with an English media mindset generally speaking. But then you have you go to countries like Vietnam or countries like China or Japan or Korea. Mm -hmm. They're the only countries in the world that speak those languages. Mm -hmm. So they're they're kind of like trapped in their own little bubble. Not trapped, that's not the right word, but just they're they're only isolated to its own bubble. Like Vietnamese. It's the only country in the world that speaks Vietnamese. So to go outside it's a bit more difficult, of course. You have people like you that go outside, but You're probably the only Vietnamese dancer in Rotterdam, right? So, yeah. um, or maybe, maybe it's changed now. But um so that's that's an interesting point that I just wanted to bring up. Um, yeah,
1: I mean, in the West, it's more connected. Also, like in Europe, it's like tighter together. Mm. And then we have English as a mm. like medium uh, place, uh, like language. Who, who to are the
0: other dancers you work with, by the way? Like, where are they from? Are they Ooh. all over the world? Just so we, we well, get an idea of who you're working with.
1: Like most of the nationalities, like Japanese, like uh Dutch for sure, mm. Italian, yeah, mm, like many, I cannot say, like on mm. the Europe, like mostly a, a lot of Italian, mm-hmm. like Spanish people, Dutch people, even in Dutch is already, already very diverse mm. because you can have like- Different ethnicities well, Yeah, too. yeah, like okay. Asian, Dutch, like right, also right. a bit- uh, like, um, yeah, more white, black, it you know, doesn't matter. Like, mm-hmm. they, because that's what I like also, that's why I landed in Netherlands. I stayed there, decided to stay, because they are very diverse as well, mm-hmm. within the small country. Yeah. There are different ethnicities uh, there. So, yeah, on time. Like, yeah. uh, for dance world, we don't have really much like, okay, we should choose only this the nationality, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, if you're good, you, we, we take you. Really? This is what I like also, yeah, in Europe in general.
0: yeah. You know, just offline before we start to the podcast, you were mentioning you're here for a few weeks and um, you're meeting people, yeah. you're exploring, you're yeah. taking notes, you're talking to people. Um, could you talk about how you've been involved with Vietnam since you've left, aside from just being Vietnamese, living yeah. you know somewhere else? I'd love to hear how you, every year you come back, what do, what do you do when you're here? What are you trying to accomplish, if anything? Uh, what do you hope to do in the future?
1: Well, I think it started already like around 10, 12 years ago, mm-hmm. like, after I started to learn a little bit more dancing in Europe, mm. every time I come back, I'm like, oh, maybe it's good to share a little bit. Mm. So I started to already, some people asked me to have a workshop with them. To mm. so start it like almost every year I come back, I start to give workshop to people, sharing people
0: that have limited knowledge. Well, what's a workshop look like? How many people, What what's the activity?
1: It started with like maybe two, three dancers coming. We have one of the, mostly like thirty people. Uh, it also depend where I am at that moment, you know, where how much knowledge I have. Like, it started to be only like some dance classes, so teaching them some combinations so they can follow. Now come into more, more theory to I, de- I develop my own like sort of method that I can. Yeah, apply from the west and the east and uh, mix them together so I create some sort of idea, and now I teach to people so not just only giving them a dance uh, phrase combination but mostly about sharing knowledge sharing the, the theory the philosophy in dance what movement can do like yeah so I share with people more workshop and yeah and now slowly I want to like I started also making small little pop up show a little bit, mm. so I can dance and people can see me. Okay. So sometimes it's easier just to see it, not just also showing them thing, but how I, how I dance, mm. so people can learn actually how, like, quality mm. and how much quality I can, actually do, and then people can actually open, open their mind a little bit more to see, ah, actually, this thing would work in dance. Because if we talk about dancing, it's not just about being nice, you know? Because anything, it, it would take like walking, mm. or cooking, you know, or chopping things, or punching things. It's also mm. movement. Mm. So that's the thing when we, that's why I say I'm, I'm a movement artist. It's not about creating a nice dance combination, but using different kind of element in movement
0: and apply uh, to theater. To I, I'm asking things. this because I'm also curious. Yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> I'd love yeah. to uh, go to these one of these days. Yeah, so.
1: so I started to get more. Yeah, showing people a little bit, showing the mm. rabbit hole is one of the things mm. I did it. Yeah, this year was in for uh, in April. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just um, I don't know if you know, Qi Ming is one of the very famous musician, electronic music, and we just like okay. I told him, ah, we got this idea, we just combined and create a show. Mm-hmm. And people was like, ah, this is really great. Mm-hmm. We were just like, two of us, we were just like improvise with each other. Mm-hmm. He's improvising his music, I improvising, dancing, and we have to combine with the idea of a rabbit hole. And, yeah, people come in and it was, yeah, it was very successful. Like Even though it was a very small show. Because, you know, in Vietnam, is it's, it's hard to get like, you know, permit permission to mm. do one big show or mm. selling ticket. Mm. But what I, what I like to do is like, okay, I meet up with people, we hang out, we we exchange ideas, and then we yeah showing to the community, to the art uh, thing, to really yeah I mean it's slowly showing my face more because actually I. I'm not so active in Vietnam, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. most of my work is there. So I come here and do a little bit of show and talking to people, like potentially find some funding maybe to yeah, create some festival or bigger form of uh, workshop or bigger form of show to at least sharing the knowledge what I have and what mm-hmm. I've been done to give back to where I, I come from.
0: Yeah, so T- talking about giving back, yeah. um, what do you think the art community needs moving forward to, you know, you can only speak really from the movement yeah. side of things, but yeah. what do you see in general, like uh, more TikTok videos? Do you see more, you know, what what else would you like to see to really get this community going?
1: I think it's just, um, it's nice just to meet up a little bit, mm. like in real life, mm. not just in social media mm-hmm. and things, you know, because sometimes if we can just put bunch of creative people in one room, mm-hmm something can come out very beautifully, you know? Mm. It's the, so to have some sort of a central point that you can just meet up, people can come and hang out and experiment things. I think that could be a very nice idea mm. Just to, how I was saying, support the young artists, young creative scene, just to maybe hang out in one place and yeah, hanging, yeah. I think exchange ideas That's mm. very important, I think. Okay to share with people, ah, I got this idea. What kind of idea? So that's going to be very helpful for the like, the um, art scene, I think.
0: Very cool. And to yeah. that wraps up today's podcast, but I always have one last question. Okay, yeah, sure. Okay. Um, you're here today to share more about your experience mm-hmm. and insights about um, what you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you like to know more about Vietnam? You've been away for so ah, long. Ah, yeah. Like, is, are we talking about like, is there some sort of business idea that you're curious about? Some cultural movement? What What would you like to hear about on a podcast like this so you feel like you walk away knowing something more?
1: Yeah, now I'm interested in a lot in more like traditional art form, actually. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, because uh, I learned a little bit about folk dancing and everything. But I think if you work, you go further in Vietnam into like countryside or something. Mm-hmm. They are very interesting. People or even artists that they are very like low key hidden. Mm. So it's really nice if you can find some people that contribute into the traditional ethnic uh, mm. music or art. Because for me, like I really like to go to like different place in Vietnam, maybe learning how the people live and dancing with, learning their movement and yeah, and uh, like experimenting, researching with those things okay. and uh, yeah. And then in future, my one of my aim is to bring artists from Europe and Holland and maybe to come back to Vietnam to create some sort of festival mm-hmm. to exchange. Maybe bringing those people to different places in Vietnam to get mm-hmm. inspired mm-hmm. and to create. And also the young people in Vietnam they can actually see mm-hmm. how dancing in in Europe or theatre would like can show. Mm-hmm. So that's is my one of my mission to give back to Vietnamese community. I'm Very good.
0: Yeah. Well, and Thu, thank you so much for being thank on you. the show today. Thank you, for having me. you know, I uh, I love going to these shows, but honestly, I don't know a whole ton. Yeah. So, thank you for sharing today. I think yeah. our audience appreciates much, yeah. it, and especially the young folks who are listening today. Yeah. Um, hopefully, they've taken something guys, yeah. big away from you. So, yeah. thanks so much, guys. Uh, thank you for listening to another episode of Vietnam Innovators, guys, uh, and for supporting the show. Du uh, Huang, movement artist, uh, all the way from Rotterdam, uh, back in Vietnam for the next few weeks. Thanks so much. Thank you. See you next time. You can also check out the video version of this podcast on our other platforms such as YouTube and Facebook. New episodes are out every week, so don't forget to subscribe to Vietcetra's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube channel for more interesting content.